Well, if you were looking forward to it, unfortunately, you won't get to hear David choke through his tears because the Patriots did actually win. Woo! His life is brighter. His eyes are illuminated. He's he's ready for this year to take on this year because the Patriots have empowered him. We'll look back on this Super Bowl. We'll look back on this past season. Who deserves some honors? Maybe who got snubbed? And we'll also talk about our favorite Super Bowl commercials. It's the last episode of the 2014 football season. It's out of bounds. Welcome to Out of Bounds. I'm Addy Thomas. I'm David Adams. As always, we want to hear from you. Go on over to our website, talkoutofbounds.com. There's a ton of ways for you to get in touch with us. You can tweet us at Talk Out of Bounds. You can email us, Facebook us. As always, though, what we'd really love is we'd love to put you on the show with us. You can leave us a voicemail. It'll be like you're right here sitting with us. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can subscribe to whichever is easiest for you, and you can make sure you get the show automatically. We'd also really appreciate it because it'll help us actually grow our audience and let more people discover the podcast as well. In turn, we'll be able to do a lot more cool things in the future as the podcast grows. We'll be able to bring you some exclusive interviews. We'll have some fun games for you to participate in. All sorts of great stuff again just subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher all you have to do is go to our website talkoutofbounds.com so david we're gonna hold for a second on actually talking about the game i know you're Uh, you're all sorts uh, of happy about uh, it but we're gonna we're gonna stop off at the commercials first good call i actually struggled to watch the commercials because i I was really stressed out about the game. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I was really stressed out about the game. I had to visit my dog a ton to calm me down. But there were some really good ones. Yeah. Now, the one that a lot of people have been talking about is the nationwide ad. The one where it ended with a dead kid. Oh, my gosh. So, this is kind of funny. So, we were we were cooking meatballs last night in the crock pot, and we had the heater going. And my fuse blew in the basement where we were watching it. And it blew right before the nationwide commercial must have run. Because my friend, he was just following everything on Twitter while we reset the fuse and and got everything back going. And he was just like, man, there's not much that we missed in the game, but everybody seems to hate this commercial. So I went back and I watched it today, and that is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. It was emotionally devastating. Like, you just I don't felt, even have kids. Yes. But, like, I don't want to get nationwide insurance after that. It, I don't feel like they're on my side. I feel like they're anymore. going to murder my kids. But you know, you know what's really crazy, too? Apparently, Nationwide issued a statement about an hour after the commercial aired, like, clarifying its intent, which I've never heard of before maybe it's happened at some point i've never heard of somebody having to issue a statement during the super bowl about a commercial <laughs> well then there was also a bit of publicity somehow i missed all this hype i guess amidst all the deflate gate debates there was some uproar over a GoDaddy ad and you've probably already seen the budweiser ad with uh, the lost puppy which was great but they kind of parodied that ad and had you know uh, there was a there was a puppy that fell off a truck and then, you know, made this long trek to get back home, got back to its owner, and then at the end of it, the owner is like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I just sold you online at, on my, you know, on my website that, you know, she got her domain at GoDaddy.com. So, which I thought was hilarious. 
But there was a huge uproar online about it. A lot of, you know, animal lovers, which I get, you love your pets, but they got into such an uproar over it. There was a petition and over 40,000 people signed that petition and it was still going strong and GoDaddy decided to pull that spot from the Super Bowl. Yeah, which is just totally insane sounding to me, pulling a Super Bowl spot. Because what did they, did they even air a commercial? I don't they did, but it was a really boring commercial. So it, they just put it together last minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like yeah. one shot, literally. Yeah, I don't totally understand the, the big uproar. I thought it was funny, and I actually just got a dog. I am an animal owner. But I will say this, in my experience of getting my dog, I can also tell that a lot of people have really crazy strong feelings about animals. So I, it's not totally out of left field, but definitely an overreaction. It was a funny commercial. It was, but what, what I don't get is, all right, so I, I get it if it was intentional animal abuse. If someone kicked the dog, if it was dog fighting, if they threw the dog out of the truck. The dog fell out of the truck. I think it was like a bump in the road, and, yeah. and it, fe- it fell onto the side of the road. It wasn't like, it wasn't intentional. I mean, what? The only thing that I can really think of, and again, I don't really agree with this, but you're, you're kind of poking fun at the misfortune of the dog. You know, it, it has this unfortunate accident, and then it gets back only to have been sold. Right. So the punchline is kind of making fun of the hardship of the dog. But again, come on, lighten up, have a sense of humor, whatever. So what do you think was the funniest ad? This is always a tough one. I feel like every year Doritos, Snickers, and often Budweiser have some really funny ones. This year, though, my funniest one by far was Liam Neeson's whatever online (laughs) mobile game. Clash of Clans, yeah. Clash of Clans. His commercial was hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. <laughs> and I absolutely love the way that he corrects the guy at the coffee shop yes. who hands him his scope. It's Liam. <laughs> like, like just that death glare that he gives to him. That was that was my favorite one. Close second, though, I really thought the Doritos flying pig one where the kid gets the pig uh, airborne. I thought that one was really funny, too. My favorite by far was the Snickers ad, the one with Danny Trejo and uh, Steve Buscemi and the Brady Bunch. I mean, I love Danny Trejo and I love Steve Buscemi, but throwing them there in the Brady Bunch was just perfect. That was great. (laughs) But my runner-up was the Wix.com ad, the one with Brett Favre. And other uh, other athletes who had their own like online business, like To and his humble pie show, and the uh, the immaculate receptions. I all I thought that was a fun one, and I I saw some of the variations of those ads online leading up to the Super Bowl. I thought those were great, but this this particular Super Bowl, it seemed like we had a lot more of those ads that really pull on your heartstrings. How'd you feel about those? Was there one that stood out to you? There was one that really stood out to me because it stood out so much to my fiance. She saw this commercial online before the Super Bowl. She saw it early day, early in the day on Sunday, and we were out walking our dog, and she started describing to me the Budweiser commercial. And, of course, I'm talking about the Budweiser commercial, the one where the dog gets lost and, and the horses come and rescue him because he's about to get attacked by a wolf. She teared up when she was describing the commercial to me. <laughs> She teared up during the actual airing of the commercial during the Super Bowl. 
And I think she might have teared up on a separate occasion talking about it, too. <laughs> so that was definitely my favorite of the heartstring commercials. I think there were two Camry commercials that had a lot of, like, dad moments that kind of pulled on my heartstrings a little bit. But, man, that Budweiser one, that I actually teared up a little bit on that one when I watched it leading up to the Super Bowl in the week. Uh, so, so that, I mean, that was a great ad. I, that was a great ad. But then there was also a couple commercials that made you, like, kind of scratch your head. You weren't sure what to think. It, I, I honestly thought I was, like, watching a late-night infomercial. Like, I thought I was about to see a, a commercial follow this for, like, Girls Gone Wild or something. <laughs> that foot fungus commercial yes. that, that looked like it had no business being on the air for 30 seconds at the Super Bowl. But, boy, we saw, we saw your foot shaped like a football player yes. with foot fungus and i got i got marketed foot fungus to me last night and it was the strangest super bowl commercial i'd ever seen it was like such were a weird you even concept. were you even trying were you even trying they really needed to take that one back to the drawing board but i just felt like really uncomfortable with like the little fungus on oh the god foot. yeah just, and, and they were like drawing up a playbook of how to attack the fungus yes. The other one that sort of made me scratch my head was the Rex Ryan Pizza Hut one. It was almost like this is what Rex Ryan did while he was still waiting to get hired. (laughs) Like, well, if my head coaching job doesn't work out, I guess I'm going to work for Pizza Hut. Well, I hang out here all the time anyway, so I might as well do commercials. I actually didn't think it was Rex Ryan at first. I was like, no, no way is Rex Ryan in a Pizza Hut. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely that's him. him. That's definitely him. <laughs> well, let's talk about the actual game now. Woo! That was an epic game. How did actually watching the Super Bowl go for you? It was really nice. We had a very few people over there because we just got the dog. We don't want to have a, a bunch of people over. So just a, a couple friends, actually a few of them even left early. The last time the Patriots were in the Super Bowl, I was crushed. Totally crushed when they lost to the nonsense Giants. This time, I went in with a much different attitude. I was just like, they're definitely going to lose. And as the game went on, even when they had a lead, I was like, they're definitely going to lose. I tried to keep my hopes so far down. I made lots of trips upstairs to visit my dog. Uh, he, he lives upstairs. We don't allow him in the basement because there's so many wires and stuff. I took him on a walk at halftime to also lower my blood pressure. Oh, my God, though. I was really determined to not freak out and, like, scream and clap and stuff. But when Butler had that game-ending interception at the very end, I, I couldn't help it. I think I freaked out my dog a little bit, but, <laughs> but that was the worst of it. Well, for me, I was on a road trip actually coming back uh, from North Carolina, so I had to listen to the game for the most part. But I got home just in time for Curse's crazy catch oh where he was gosh. lying on the ground. So literally the last couple moments of the game is what I caught. And it was still exciting listening to it and watching those last few moments were definitely worth it. But man, that was, I mean, it was definitely an exciting game. I'm not as crazy about this Super Bowl. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a Seahawks fan. I, they're, they're both on my top 10. I do not like these teams. New England earned it despite all the deflate gate debates. You know, they absolutely earned this win, as they did the AFC Championship. But I, you know, I'm just kind of like, whatever. The thi- you know, even if the Patriots had lost, I was happy with this Super Bowl because it was nice seeing two teams that really deserved to be there. It wasn't, oh, the Ravens got really hot at the end of the season, or oh, the Giants got really hot. This was a great matchup because the team that won, you knew really earned it. 
They didn't just fall into the Super Bowl victory. So let's talk a little bit about the Patriots' legacy here. Big debate, uh, obviously, in the context of Spygate, now Deflategate. They did win this one, so now, cumulatively, they're 4-4 four and four in Super Bowls. In the Brady-Belichick era, they're now 4-2 and two in Super Bowls. Both of those losses, of course, coming to the Giants. So what does this win, what does this fourth championship do for the Patriots' legacy? I don't think there was a way to cement their legacy any, any further, but, I mean, it just adds on to it. They were... They were already a dynasty. I don't think there was any real debate about it. Obviously, they're not a team that I like, and I also feel a reason they are a dynasty is because they play in probably the weakest division in football, um, and they just own that division <laughs> unlike any other team. So I, not to take away from how well-run and how well-coached that organization is, but yeah, I think this is absolutely a dynasty. I think this team does compare with the with the Steelers of the 70s, with the Steel Curtain. You know, they, they absolutely are a dynasty. It'll be interesting to see if Belichick is going to be willing to stay on after Brady eventually retires, you know, when that when that day eventually comes. Well, right now, that's set to be 2017. The way his contract is right now, he's set to retire He's going to be there longer. He's going to be there till he gets carted off in, like, a, a body bag almost. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, I, I, you know, he's they've, they've got a lot more time to, to still add on to this. You know, they're, they're absolutely a great team. You know, I, I think... Deflategate does taint it a little bit, but I don't think any more than any other any other cheating scandal has for any any other team in football. I mean, you you talk about the seventies and with football, you know, there were guys using stickum to catch to catch a ball. So it's it's no different to me than Deflategate. I think it's still an issue. Don't get me wrong, and should be penalized, but it doesn't change that for me. Bountygate absolutely tainted the the Saints win, but. At the end of the day, they still have the ring. They still have the the Lombardi Trophy from that year. That may speak to a bigger issue, I think, with football and how comfortable people are with cheating in the NFL. But at the end of the day, they still the legacy still exists. Yeah, I, for me, it didn't do a ton to add on to their legacy because, frankly, to get to six Super Bowls is such an amazing achievement when you consider the salary cap and you consider how how hard it is to hang on to talented players in modern day free agency i mean just think about think about how few teams are really able to consistently win 10 11 12 games every year aside from the patriots there really are not there's just about nobody that's that consistent the one thing that I'll say that this really does do is they finally have won a Super Bowl after Spygate. Right. And that, I think, does kind of do away with some demons. Well, we'll see because we still have to see what happens out of Deflategate. True. Because true. at the end of the day, even though I think they earned the win in the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, it does taint how they got there. They most likely would have made the playoffs. I don't think there's really any question with that. It could have affected seeding. It could have affected home field advantage sure. in that situation. And it could have affected whether they even made it to that championship sure. game or, you know, if it was at someone else's stadium. At the end of the day, though, the Patriots are still an incredible franchise, will be remembered as one of the best in NFL history. And Brady and Belichick will be there, too. Well, so on that note, He's now got four Super Bowl rings. He's tied Joe Montana. He's tied Terry Bradshaw. Is it time to call Brady the best ever? Nobody has ever started in six Super Bowls. He is the first person to do it. 
No, I don't still consider him the best ever. He's still he's one of the best of all time, but I think he's a great quarterback. I think he is better than Peyton. I think this is this win, if anything, is has said that he is better than Peyton because Peyton has had two chances with two amazing teams around him. He no longer has had the excuse of well, I don't have a defense anymore, or you know, I don't, I don't have, have a run, run game. game. Yeah. yeah, Peyton had his chance these last two years. He should have done it. Brady, you know, he's what I like about Brady, you know, and I don't say a lot of I like Brady. <laughs> I think things. this is the first time I've heard you start a sentence like that. <laughs> well, I liked his social media stuff this yeah. year. But and and I've actually I have said this before. I always liked how he was always willing to make room for other players with his contract negotiations. He's always he's always understood though that I think it has been more about a team. And that's what that is what makes Brady great. That's fair. For me, it's just impossible to say who's the greatest ever because it is a team sport. Brady threw four touchdowns, but he didn't he could have been on the losing end of that Super Bowl pretty easily. I mean, barring that crazy last moment interception, he's on the losing end of a Super Bowl for a third straight time. And we're probably having a totally different conversation, which is why I always come back to, you just can't call somebody the best ever because not everybody played in the same conditions. When Montana was winning all those Super Bowls, they didn't have the salary cap. They didn't have modern day free agency. I also always come back to, well, is Trent Dilfer actually better than Dan Marino and Jim (laughs) Kelly? That's the other thing. But the bottom line for me is Brady's at the table. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever, and regardless of what happens in his career from this point out, he's at the table. Nothing could happen that would take him out of that conversation at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Another conversation worth having, as great as Russell Wilson is, as amazing as it is to get to two Super Bowls in your first three seasons, absolutely phenomenal accomplishment. He did have five really costly turnovers in two straight playoff games. He had the four interceptions against Green Bay, and he had the game-ending interception yesterday against New England. What's going on with Russell Wilson? Is, Is there any kind of cause for alarm? Is this just growing pains? We've never... What's crazy is you've never seen Russell Wilson really have the turnover bug like he did in the last two games. Usually, he is... Mr. Clutch in the moment when when he needs to drive him down the field he throws right away to that guy who worked at Foot Locker yesterday <laughs> he throws 50 yard touchdowns to him I don't think there's any question I don't think there's even growing pains issue here because the way I see it you know obviously he was shaken up so badly in the Packers game uh, there were a couple issues where the ball was deflected and and then it was intercepted in the Packers game. So I don't think that changes that particular game doesn't change for me, especially because he did have the amazing comeback to finish out that game. And in this game, that interception, you know, you can question that call. And I know I know people there are plenty of people who, who question that call. I, I don't I think it's easy to question in retrospect, but I don't think it was that bad of a call, to be perfectly honest. I even think he made the right read. I think the Patriots just made a great defensive play. Because you watch that play, it was on target to the receiver. Butler was just a little bit behind him, and he jumped just perfectly. He went for the ball. It was a totally clean play, and he made the interception. It was a good defensive play, and I don't think you can do anything to take that away from it. I don't think it was a bad decision. Maybe there was someone else, but he made the read. He made a a quick decision. Uh, 
I'd say nine times out of ten, that would have been a touchdown. I would say like nine and a half times out of ten even. Yeah, I, I, I just want to add on by saying it wasn't a bad play by the Seahawks. I thought it was just a great play by the Patriots. Yeah, it, I mean, the thing is everyone was expecting Lynch to run, so you yeah. have to mix it up. I, sure, and yeah. th- it is also important to keep in mind that was on second and goal. Right. They still had... I think they still had a timeout. They had at least another 20 seconds or so. I mean, they yeah. they were almost certainly going to get another crack at the end zone and, and not leave just about any time left for the Patriots to respond. So I, I don't fault that play calling. I don't think it was an amazing play call or anything, but I don't think it was that bad either. Right. So this past weekend was also the weekend for the NFL honors. So now that the NFL has its own Oscar-like award ceremony, <laughs> they, they decided to get in that game as well because uh, I guess the Pro Bowl was uh, was kind of boring. Uh, they decided to to make to to bring all of that out to the public and let us kind of enjoy all these uh, all the you know awards that have always been announced by the AP rather than seen on tv so we got a chance to see a bunch of different players honored for a variety of things uh we'll just go through some of them not all of them can check out all of them online but one of the first and i i think definitely well deserved the ap offensive rookie of the year was odell beckham jr the the wide receiver for the new york giants ap offensive player of the year went to demarco murray running back for the dallas cowboys by the way i was i was watching this out of the corner of my eye i was out at dinner on saturday night and it was funny. As soon as I saw that award go to DeMarco Murray, I thought to myself, Tony Romo's not going to be on this list right away. <laughs> and then we had for uh, AP Coach of the Year, went to Bruce Arians for the Arizona Cardinals. Crazy that he's won it two out of three years, and he was on two different teams. And then the Art Rooney Award, which goes for Best Sportsmanship, went to Larry Fitzgerald of the Arizona Cardinals, which definitely is another well-deserved award. Defensive Rookie of the Year, this is one that I was a little iffy on. It went to Aaron Donald, defensive tackle for the St. Louis Rams. Uh, And it's cool to see an interior lineman get an award. You know, it's not, you know, you typically don't see offensive linemen or defensive linemen get awards like that. But I honestly think C.J. Mosley, the linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, deserved Defensive Rookie of the Year because he kind of had to step into that Ray Lewis type of role. That he had big shoes to fill, and he played very well at that spot this year in a very tough-to-play position. Uh, not to take anything away from, from uh, Aaron Donald, but, I mean, the Rams didn't really... Uh, you know, they were pretty bad this year. And uh, the Ravens, even though they were iffy this year, they still made the playoffs at the very least. So uh, assistant coach of the year is Todd Bowles of the Arizona Cardinals. Well, now of the New York Jets. Right. Well, now he's full head coach. He's not just defensive coordinator yeah. anymore. Then there was the Greatness on the Road Award, the best road record. And it went to Tony Romo. Uh, and I was wrong. <laughs> I thought he wasn't going to be on the list. And then I saw that. Two Cowboys on this list. Boo. Defensive player of the year. Well, I don't think there was any real question that it'd go to Houston Texans defensive end, J.J. Watt. What'd you think? Well, I, I have him on a different spot on this list. <laughs> I have J.J. Watt being MVP. I know I know Aaron Rodgers had a great season. And don't get me wrong, he, he is amazing. Um, but... I thought Watt made the biggest difference. He was actually the most valuable player on that team because he actually made a difference on offense, defense, and special teams. That's true. The only thing I, I, and I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, they didn't make the playoffs. So I think that does affect it to a certain extent. 
I know it does affect it. I'm sure that affects the voting. But if you're actually going to vote for the most valuable player, I think you I think you do need to consider throwing out who made the playoffs and who didn't because you're talking about an individual, not a team effort. And let's be honest, if we're talking about the Packers versus the Texans, it's easy to say who's more <laughs> talented across the board. And then, of course, as we just mentioned, uh, most valuable player did, of course, go to Aaron Rodgers. Fantasy player of the year went to Le'Veon Bell, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Comeback player of the year went to Rob Gronkowski, tight end for the New England Patriots. Not related to the awards show, but I just love that in, in every single post-game interview after the Super Bowl, Gronk sounds like the dumbest football playing like frat boy you can imagine (laughs) and then performance play of the year went to odell beckham jr for his crazy one-handed catch for a 43 yard touchdown no debating that one i mean when you saw that one on tv you knew that was gonna get an award i mean that was just craziness Don't forget, you can check out this full list and more on our website, talkoutofbounds.com. But first, here's quick hits. All the hype leading up to Super Bowl 49, including debates about Deflategate or Balghazi, if you prefer, were at an all-time high. Between Marshawn Lynch's painful appearances, trash talk, and controversy, there were some fun moments like Katy Perry's pre-Super Bowl press conference and and so much more. You can find them all on talkoutofbounds.com. Interestingly enough, with all of that pre-Super Bowl hype, Bill Belichick just can't help himself. He cannot stop sounding like the stereotypical movie villain. He sounded like a supervillain, like a Batman villain, to be perfectly honest. At Media Day, Patriots linebacker Gerard Mayo's daughter asked Belichick a a cutesy question, what his favorite stuffed animal was. And he responded, I like a little puppet that you can put your fingers in, a little monkey. Oh my god. What a scary thing to say at a press conference, and it's even worse that he says it to a little girl. (laughs) You could almost hear the Imperial March being played in the background. (laughs) And I think Puppet Master is an actual Batman villain, too. I think Puppet Master is like a horror movie, too, isn't it? (laughs) I kept on hearing the music from the Age of Ultron trailer. I've got no strings to hold me down. So this season has been a roller coaster ride for Johnny Manziel. This season ends with him checking into a rehab program. So I guess this is a good move. Get your life straightened out before you move on professionally. Browns fans, what are you thinking? Is this a good move for the team? Obviously, it's 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 hard to debate that it's not a good move for Manziel personally, but is this a good move for the team? Should they hang on to him? Do you even still care about Johnny Manziel at all? (laughs) I think there's definitely still potential for him. And I just think people need to remember good quarterbacks still have to be developed. Not every quarterback is going to come out of the gate and be a strong player. You know, not everyone's going to have a strong rookie season like Roethlisberger did or Andrew Luck or Russell Wilson. You have those players happen occasionally, but more often... The better quarterbacks are guys like Breeze, Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, guys who had a chance to develop a little bit before before they were forced into being starters. Also worth noting, a lot of those guys had more weapons to throw to than just Jordan Cameron. 
Well, what do you mean? Don't you think he also has Josh Gordon's parole officer? <laughs> Sports Illustrated wanted to have Richard Sherman appear on the cover, but he set one condition, that the whole Legion of Boom should be featured on the cover, which is definitely a nice move by Sherman, but Ravens wide receiver Torrey Smith and others noticed that the cover made them look like a boy band. Smith tweeted, they're about to win it all and drop the hottest <laughs> album of the year. There are just so many Christian rock cover band jokes that come to mind when you see this. You absolutely have to check out this picture. It's going to be on our website, talkoutofbounds.com, along with a bunch of other web exclusives that we haven't talked about in today's show. In fact, you can see Sherman's article on Monday Morning Quarterback, which addresses stuff like Ferguson, the ethics of the NFL, and a lot more. It's a really great article. You can see more of the pre-Super Bowl hype, some of the trash talk leading up to it, uh, funny deflategate jokes. And my favorite was Marshawn Lynch's and Gronk's appearance on Conan on his Clueless Gamer feature where they played Mortal Kombat 10. You gotta check it out. It's all on our website, talkoutofbounds.com. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from the show, but we're still going to be on social media. You can interact with us. Even though we won't be putting out a new episode for about a month or so, we're going to be working on some other stuff. So be sure to keep an eye on talkoutofbounds.com. Yeah, we got a lot of great plans coming up this offseason, so be sure to keep an eye on it. We've got all sorts of fun stuff. We've got some interviews coming up this offseason, previews of next season, analysis about all these other teams that we'll get to go in a little bit more depth with. We'll definitely bring you stuff like quick hits to round up some more of the the odd stories in the NFL for you and uh and actually something you might really want to keep an eye on we may be playing Madden online for you guys you can watch us you can see us try to build a franchise together it's something you don't want to miss we have the keyword was try (laughs) exactly because neither of us are great gamers but you'll get to enjoy some some great commentary as we try to put together a better franchise than the jags so (laughs) it'll be fun to watch we'll be bringing in more talent as well to be a part of the out of bounds crew and more features for you again keep an eye on talkoutofbounds.com and until next time, just remember that somehow, somewhere, some way, it's crawfish time. <laughs>